Campus. The Talk Shop. It's four minutes after seven. A good evening to you and welcome to the Talk Shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Naledi Molo. I'll be with you till nine o'clock when Nancy Richards will take over with the Enviro show. But let's look at what we'll be getting up to for the next two hours. As usual, as we do on a Thursday, I'll be chatting to our mover and shaker. This evening, I'll be speaking to the newly appointed Director General at the Department of Labor, Tobile Lamati. He's already in studio with me, and I'll introduce him to you in just a few moments. At 25 to 8, we'll talk to Mluleki Marongo from Section 27. He's also a representative of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. And we're talking about a South African Human Rights Commission um, uh, uh, hearing that was held over the past two days, uh, looking at challenges faced, across, um, faced in terms of access to emergency medical services in the Eastern Cape. We'll hear what came out of those hearings, and we'll hear more about the complaints that have been submitted to the Human, Research, the Human uh, Rights Council. In our relationship corner after eight, I'll chat to Dr. Marilee Swart, who's a psychologist and sex therapist based in Cape Town. A difficult conversation, but I think a lot of couples need to have this conversation. Certainly at some point in your relationship, it will come up whether you like it or not. And that's what menopause does to a relationship for women. The menopause is a time of profound change, both physically and emotionally. So we'll talk about what husbands and partners can do to to, to share that time with their partner and be of, of assistance and also just to help them understand what is happening. Then at 20 to 8, I'll be speaking to Busa Pingumalo, the spokesperson for Gauteng Traffic Police. We'll talk about a road safety campaign aimed at uh, traffic around Easter holidays. Throughout the next two hours, you're more than welcome to give me a call. The number is 0891-104207. Again, 0891-104207. And send your SMSs to 34701. So our mover and shaker for the evening is the newly appointed Director General at the Department of Labor, Tobile Lamati. And he's been in the employment of the state for the past 16 years. Um, holding different managerial positions and he'll talk to us about his vision for the next five years and his plans to target the non-compliance of labor laws by companies. 34701 to send your SMSs if you have any questions or comments for him. Dade, welcome to the talk shop. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Okay, is, it, is, it, is it too late to say congratulations on the new position? It's only been, what, four, three months? It's not, it's not too late at all. Yeah. Well, mm. congratulations. And uh, how's it been? What does what does a day in the life of a director general at the Department of Labor actually look like? It's um, it, it's a very um, you know, nice uh, job to have because you get to look after the interest of the uh, the workers, the vulnerable people. Uh, you also have to advise um, you know companies about uh, the labor market policies that we that we administer in the department. You spend pretty much of your time in meetings. Mm. Um, it, that's 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 the life. Uh, uh, that's my life as a DG. Mm. Um, you are expected to resolve uh, a, a number of uh, complaints from staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you 
I guess supposedly you you people expect you to have some sort of a magic wand <laughs> sure. um, to yeah. deal with all sorts of yeah. uh, issues. Um, but yeah, that's the the nature of the work that one does. Yeah, yeah I want to maybe talk about this uh, magic wand that you're expected to have a little bit later on, and hear from you some of the complaints that you've had to that you've had to deal with. But let's talk about the journey to getting here. I think the reason why we have this mover and shaker feature on the show is because anybody who looks at um, you know, the Director General of the Department of Labor, you think that's someone who's perhaps had a privileged background. And we have this feature to, 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 to encourage others and to, you know, to let them see that you know, not everyone is from an, uh, uh, an advantaged background. Who is uh, Tobile Lamati before being DG? Well, I, I come from a, a little town called Echini uh, in Tosa, and the English is called Grimstown. It's mm-hmm. a university town. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school there, was born there, went to school there and I come from a uh, family of uh, six, Uh, mother was a domestic worker and um, my father, you know, he he used to get odd jobs there and there Mm -hmm. Um, and we grew up in a very rough area Um, so one had to choose whether you become um, part of the gang or you um, you opt to you know stay at school mm. and uh, study, so I opted for that uh, you know growing up in a very poor uh, family, the only option out of poverty was to get an education sure. and uh, and that's what I did and with the um we you know with the support from my my mother especially and my um elder brother who had to go and find work mm. um and i also had to during you know weekends had to go and find work uh, so that i can you know assist my mother in terms of uh, make trying to make ends meet um so i passed my metric and went to study um i studied uh, chemical engineering uh, did a diploma, then I did a BTEC, and then... If you studied chemical engineering, where did you see yourself going? You know, obviously not towards politics. No, I, I, at school, I, in fact, I participated in, in politics as the member of the, um, you know, uh, youth formations. Um, and at school, I was the president of the SRC. Um, so I, I had, uh, you know, political inclination. Mm. Um, but I, I really never uh, saw myself as a as a, as a typical politician. Mm. Well, let's. Uh, I, I want to. I want to just take a break, and, and then when we come back, talk to talk to you about when the political uh, uh, journey began for you. I'm chatting to Director General of the Department of Labor. He's our mover and shaker for the evening. Give me a call on 0891104207. When you get DSTV Premium with the Explorer, you get it all. You get DSTV Catch-Up, so you can watch your shows in your own time. You get the DSTV Now app, which means you can watch shows or sports wherever you are. You get Box Office, and that means you can rent the latest blockbuster movies from your couch. You get Express from the U.S., where you can watch selected series 24 hours after they air in the U.S. Get all of this. Get DSTV Premium with the Explorer. Includes SABC 1, 2, and 3. DSTV. Feel every moment. 
Foster and Allen in South Africa from the 27th of March to the 7th of April in the Gold and Silver Days World Tour. 27th of March, Bloemfontein. 28th of March, Cape Town. 29th of March, Port Elizabeth. 2nd of April, Nelsfruit. 4th of April, Emperor's Palace. 5th of April, Pretoria. And 7th of April, the KKNK in Utshorn. Tickets at CompuTicket. Groups 011-815-3000 or visit www.fosterandallen.co.za. Calling all businesses. Help reduce demand on the grid. Cut your energy costs and keep your business viable. The Private Sector Energy Efficiency Program has already identified over 1,000 opportunities for more efficient energy usage in over 350 companies. Don't miss out. Contact us for free expert advice, free energy audits, and subsidized larger interventions. Call 080-111-3943 or visit psee.org.za. Brought to you by the National Business Initiative. The Talk Shop. You're on the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Naledi, and I'm chatting to the newly appointed Director General at the Department of Labor, Tobile Lamati. He's in the studio with me, and I'll take your calls on 0891-104-207. That's 0891-104-207. You're more than welcome to send your SMSs as well to 34701. We were chatting before that break there about your, your, your move then towards um, leadership. In, in a more political direction. I, I, you know, I, I was part of the youth formation um, in 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 Grahamstown, and um, I then took a decision that um, I think after the unveiling of the agency, I took a decision that um, I'll just put politics uh, on pause and go to school, mm-hmm. try and get an education, um, get a qualification. Um, get a career um, so that's what I did um, you know I never realized that uh, you know uh, I'll, politics will catch up with me mm-hmm. um, because if you are a director general of a department of labor ine- inevitably mm. you are in a political environment even though your work um, is of administrative in nature but you, you work with a political principle mm. and um, you 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 get yourself involved in that uh, in that space. Mm. So I then went to um, get a the education, and I, uh, as I indicated earlier on, um, I initially my my I what I what I wanted to do was to become a doctor. You know, I think <laughs> I guess it's uh, it's one of those things that you when you when you when we were growing up, the there were very limited options. Um, you could either become a teacher, mm. a lawyer, um, a nurse, and a nurse. Well, if you were a woman, yes. yeah, yes. a nurse, um, a, a doctor. Those were traditional, mm. um, you know, uh, professions. But I was exposed to um, some career guidance at some stage, and I was given some options, and I um, opted to become a chemical engineer, mm. um, and that's what I studied. Um, and I worked a little bit at uh, ESCOM, mm-hmm. um, and I guess I, I took a conscious decision that uh, I, I do want to work for for the Department of Labor. Mm. And when they advertised posts, Wh- uh, why was that? I um, while working at, uh, at at ESCOM, I I, I fell in love with occupational health and safety. Mm. Um, 
and uh, and the fact that it it has to do with uh, looking after the well-being of the employees right and if you look after the well-being of the employees you also in a way you know um, look after the society mm. because what happens at the workplace permeates through to to society mm. so when they advertised post looking for engineers uh, I applied mm -hmm. and I was successful and I started um, as a junior uh, inspector in 1998 at the Department of Labor um, I worked and left the department went to join Department of Public Works um, where I was required to start uh, the occupational health and safety uh, program for the entire um, Public Works Department mm. in in the then Northern Province, now Lipopo. Then there was an opportunity for me to come back to the Department of Labor in, in 2002. Um, then I went to join, rejoin the department in the Western Cape, where I was in charge of the inspectors. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I was then appointed as the head of the Department of Labor in the Western Cape, um, which gave me quite a a very interesting, um, you know, and a dynamic uh, um, environment for me to really, you know, um, attain my the leadership and managerial um, competencies. Mm. And it was when I was then the head of the department in the Western Cape that I I decided that um, you know what I need to do is to study further. Um, but in the direction of leadership, not in the direction of management, um, and that's what I did. And you'll see in my resume, I have a master's in business leadership. Mm -hmm. um, a real qualification. It's a real <laughs> qualification. <laughs> you can you can go to UNISA. Mm -hmm. You'll find my name there. <laughs> no, you'll find my name there. And 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 for me, that was a deliberate um, um, move because I think that. Um, in the public service, often, um, you know, we we people say that they, they, there is no leadership, mm. and and one likes to make a distinction between becoming a, a manager and a leader. Um, I think, um, you know, if you are a leader, you 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 give strategic directions and you 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 just point the way, right, and and uh, you use your influence to make sure that uh, you point people in the right direction. Mm. So I, I opted for that, and in a way, I think it worked for me because uh, I ended up becoming the Director General of the Department of Labor. Well, I, I want to actually also get into uh, the direction that you see yourself going over the next five years and your vision for the next five years. And for that, I'll also open up the lines, 0891-104207. Mangali is in Kumbu. Uh, Mangali, good evening. Welcome to the talk shop. Good evening, ma'am. Mm, thank you for calling in. I've got an, uh, uh, a question to Mr. Lamani. Sure. Yeah. You talk Lamani? Yes, but... Yeah, I'm Mangali. I tried to, read, to phone your office, but there was nobody there. Uh, my question is uh, in connection with the accident on the mines. Accident on the? An applicant on, uh, on what? On, on uh, mines. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Uh, we, I used to work there some years ago. It was 1972. 
Which mine? Uh, it was uh, the East Coast Shobane Colliery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were dealing with coal. Yeah, it's where I had an accident. There, I lost a three finger. Yeah. Now my question is, uh, we didn't have any unions at that time. We had blacks. The only unions that were there were for whites. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we didn't have any rights. Mm. Also, so. the money they they paid me is what I'm complaining about. Ah. Uh, they just put me just a million money. That was the, for the accident, you know. What okay, so you think you weren't mm. compensated enough for that accident? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah, what is your question? Are you asking what, what your options are today? What are you asking? Yeah, my options, which were available now, because at that time there were no options for us. Okay, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Thank you, Magali. Thank you for calling in. You still serve on the uh, as the chairperson of the advisory council on occupational health and safety. No, no. Uh, somebody else does that now. Mm. Um, there's a there's a chief inspector mm. of the occupational health and safety, Mr. Tibosana. Mm-hmm. He is now the chairperson uh, of the advisory council. Okay, and this is. I'm going to just take a break, and then I'm going to take Martin in Durban, and I'll give you an opportunity to respond to Mangali's point as well. You're on the talk shop on SAFM. Some events are worth remembering. When Parliament had your attention. When Mr. Mbeg was treated badly and when some of you said you died for Zuma, I told you that it was wrong. Don't do this. When you lost your heroes. The collective thoughts and prayers of the entire nation reach out to the bereaved families. And when you remembered your own. Struggle icons Moses Kodane and J.B. Marks repatriated to South Africa. When you rose up and stood tall, we were right there. Oh yeah, six more. South Africa, the first team ever to do it. We will still be there. As ABC News. To all the learners in grade 9 or 10, Do you have an interest in science and technology? Listen up. The Department of Water and Sanitation invites you to participate in the South African Youth Water Prize Competition. There are cash prizes, laptops, bursaries for a water career to be won, and an opportunity to represent South Africa in the Stockholm Junior Water Prize in Sweden. For more information and to participate, you can call us on our toll-free number on 0800 200 200. The International Cricket Council has seen a significant soar in revenue with each tournament as they continue witnessing growth in the ICC Cricket World Cup as a media event. The top four teams that remain now have an opportunity to claim the grand prize. Catch Australia versus India in the second semi-final on the 26th of March 2015 on your favourite radio station from 5.30am live from Sydney Cricket Ground Australia. Brought to you by SABC Sport. The Talk Shop. You're on the Talk Shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Naledi Muleo. Chatting to our mover and shaker for the evening, he is the newly appointed Director General at the Department of Labor, Tobile Lamati. Give me a call if you'd like to chat in. The number is 0891-104-207. Again, that's 0891-104-207. And send your SMSs to 34701. Those SMSs are charged at two rand. Uh, DJ, your response to Mangali's point, having... 
had an injury in a mine in 1973. Uh, he feels that he was not compensated enough. What are his options today? Mangali can um, visit one of our offices. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in Kumbu. I think the closest office to him will be in Lusikisiki. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he doesn't necessarily have to go there. He can phone the he can phone the office. Um, we had a program of um, you know compensating the the ex mine workers, mm. um, and we were working with the the mine provident fund. Um, I'll, I'll provide the details. Um, I, I, d- I don't have them with me now, but I, I can send them to uh, to the to the radio station so that you can, uh, you know, you can uh, you can publish them. Okay. I think that's what that's what he, that's what he can do because we need to check um, whether he appears on the on their database. Okay. And he, if he does, then uh, they they will then take up the matter. But from the compensation uh, fund point of view, we'll also look at what is it that we can do to assist him. Mm. I think uh, let's talk about the Department of Labor and, and what the department has been up to lately. I think one of the, the, the biggest things has been the, the amendments to the Labor Relations Act. Are you, uh, are you positive? Are you on board some of the, the missions that the department is embarking on? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It, the, the process of the labor law amendment has been a very interesting process mm. for the for the department of labor precisely because um one of the key areas that we were focusing on is the area around the labor broking mm. and it it has been a contentious uh, still is, area yeah. and still is mm. and to a greater extent the the organized labor they prefer that um we ban they prefer total ban on the labor brokers um we we i think it Part of the the discussion we had at Netlick, we we then uh, resolved that I think the best way is to is to regulate them. Mm. And um, happy as they are, but I think um, they they do understand the need um, for for labour brokers to be to be to be regulated. Mm. So it has been a very interesting uh, process for us as a department of labour because what we also uh, wanted to do uh, specifically was to simplify the enforcement processes. Mm. And we we've managed to do that and take away some of the responsibilities from our inspectors um, to uh, send them back to the employers. Um, for instance, if an employer objects to a, a uh, any order that uh, an inspector has issued, um, the 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 employer can then go straight to can 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 do that at the, at the labour court. Mm. Uh, in the past, the inspector had to make the employer to undertake that I'm going to address the non-compliance. And if the employer does not do that, the inspector then has to issue an, a compliance order. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if that compliance order has not been complied with, then the inspector must then apply to the labor court to make that order an order of the court. So now we've simplified the process. If the employer doesn't comply, the inspector makes the, uh, apply to the labor court to make that the order of the court. I think compliance is always going to be an issue, especially in a country where we're trying to stimulate the the strength of small to medium enterprises and and and, and the amendments that were seen to the Labour Relations Act. Of, I mean, across the board, have been quite contentious, especially from an SME point of view, yeah. uh, where you know temporary employment is affected, part-time employment. What do you say to some of the the the, the points that are coming from uh, small to medium enterprises? Look, the 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 SMMEs have been have been catered for. I mean, for some time we've had a, a sectoral determination for small business, which in a way has um, 
you know, um, provided the SMMEs with with some exemptions. Mm. And and in addition to that, there's there's provision in the basic condition of employment, for instance, that uh, if you think that um, you cannot com- you cannot comply with the law, um, you then have to work with your employers employees and agree that you can apply for uh, what we refer to as a variation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, what you're doing, you're asking the minister to vary um, the condition, and you do that with the with the consent of your workers. So, so there, there are avenues that are available in the law. It's just that sometimes people do not want to. Um, explore those uh, those those avenues, and uh, when it comes to labour brokers, for instance, and the temporary employment uh, services, mm. the point that we wanted to to make there was that in the past, um, the the people who were who were placed by the by the labour brokers did not enjoy the same legal coverage as the normal employees that are on a right. perm- on a permanent basis. Right. So we've corrected that now. So we're saying. Um, for instance, if you are on a contract for for three months, and you and this job is a is a is a job that can continue over a period of three months, then if the employer doesn't want to 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 make the the position permanent, then they must provide plausible reasons to the Department of Labor as to why they cannot do so. Mm. Um, what we're trying to stop is we're trying to stop a situation where people become casual for the rest of their lives. And this is what has been happening. And the second thing that we wanted to clarify is that it was the the issue relating to whose responsibility it is um, to uh, to comply with the law. Who's the who's the employer? Mm. And and we've managed to clarify that. Um, and and therefore the the the, empl- the employees who are placed by labour brokers now enjoy the same um, you know benefits, b- benefits and, mm. and the same legal uh, coverage as, as as any other employee mm. I, I still want to to touch a little bit more on on the act but i'll take your calls on 0891104207 martin is in durban martin good evening good evening uh, sister Naledi. thank you so much for calling in martin yes and the uh, dg there good evening martin how are you sir i'm fine thanks how are you doing Yes, so I've got a problem, and I'm, I'll try to make it uh, so quick mm-hmm. so that I can I can just quickly brief it up to you. Okay. You, you see, I'm, I'm I'm working at a company that I've been uh, working now for five years. Mm-hmm. And you see, my concern now is um, we are contributing to the Providence Fund. We're contributing everything in as far as the documentation that we get to. Mm-hmm. It's not even a payslip; it's a slip of paper. They're not even giving us payslips. And in those papers, it's showing that we are, there, there is a deduction that is happening there, which is in, uh, including the, the Provident Fund and uh, with, with all the KE included and everything. Mm. And that amount is coming up to, the, my deduction is coming up to almost, sometimes it's, 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 it's between two and two point three thousand. Mm-hmm. Two thousand three hundred, right. So That's now my, my, my problem, yes. Mm. My problem is now I I ask for my for my for my other P for the for the SARS form, mm-hmm. and there is nothing. I went to SARS to check there is nothing. And the provident fund bargaining council with all that money being deducted there is nothing. <laughs> and for five years I'm calculating the money that is getting mm. deducted is more and above twenty four thousand mm. uh, a, a rand a, a year. Mm. 
and I am even suffering and I'm, I'm, it's even difficult for me to make ends meet with this money that is left after mm. the deduction. Mm. And my money is going, you know, is going into their account and they are banking it wherever they are banking and making interest out of my money. Right. I've tried to fight this out. But the last week when I went there and, and I went there, he said I'm trying to influence drivers, he can fire me anytime. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know now. You see, the only problem I have told you, let before you, you get in, the only problem I want, the, the, the solution I want is I want to withdraw all the money that he illegally deducted from me. From him, how do I go about it? Can I have, get any help from you, uh, DJ? Okay, well, I'm also going to take your details. So uh, when we're done talking to you, Martin, just make sure that Tulu's going to take your call, leave your number, and I'll also pass uh, your contacts over to the DJ. But DJ, your response? If I understand you uh, uh, quite clearly, Martin, this is this is a deduction for a provident fund. It's all inclusive. And tax, everything. everything. And so, everything. so it's provident uh, fund, um, UIF contributions. Yes, um, that. That's my understanding. Mm. Now, yes. are you still working there? I am still working here. Yes. Yes. If you're still working there, you cannot you cannot um, withdraw the money. Because this is meant for you, um, you know, when you're no longer working. Now, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm I, sorry, I'm sorry, sir. I, I understand that. And you see, as I'm speaking right now, I left, last, I made it known to them that I'm putting at the end of this month. I'm putting my resignation letter end of this month. And I'm all doing that desperately because I know if anything happens, there are many people who have gone and. Their money has gone in vain, and I've been working so hard for this company. Mm. I can't let my money go. So my only option is this month, I rather resign and get that money. No, I think I think then we we we, we I don't want us to jump the gun and say you're not gonna get your money uh, because once you resign, you are then entitled to your to the to your share of the provident fund, and uh, what you will not get is your contribution to unemployment insurance fund. Mm. Because if you have resigned, we don't pay you. Um, okay. That's, that's, that's the, the, the only uh, you know, contributions that you will, not be, you, you will not be getting. But your provident fund, you should get it. But uh, he, he says that he's also looked into SARS and has not, I mean, SARS has no uh, recollection or any documentation that says that he has been contributing to tax contribution of mine that is going there. Mm. Then it's the, the employer has a has a has a has an obligation. If they have not been contributing to um, they have not been paying the money over to uh, to SAS, then it means that the the they are breaking the law. Mm. And and this should be brought to the attention of uh, of SAS. Uh, unfortunately as a as a Department of Labor we, we can't do anything. Um, because it's a it's a it's a tax related matter. Mm. The only thing I can do is to maybe uh, raise the matter with the with the SAS commissioner, uh, Mr. Tom Moyane. Okay, Martin, I'm going to take you over to Tulu. Leave your contact details with Tulu, and I'll pass them on to the DG. Is that all right? Okay. Thank you so much, Martin. Mdingi um, is in Aitujwa. Mdingi, um, good evening. Yes, yeah, yes, Mm, Thank you for calling in, but. Yes, I, I, I want to ask Mr. Lamande. Mm-hmm. Think when he has no hope about to be professional. Please start again. We, we lost the first bit of your question. There is a time in your life when you lost 
when you have no hope about you about to be professional to be professional oh. at the same time I, I want to raise a point in this in case we need investment professions are, are moving to big down cape down and how dang we have no investment in this in cape Okay, but your first question was if he's ever lost hope in 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 his in his work, in his life to okay. be professional, Mr. Okay. Laman. Okay, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you know, um, life has been very difficult. Um, I've. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, I never, never lost hope because if I had, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. Um, you know, in in my advice to young people, you know, when I have an opportunity to talk to them, is that it doesn't matter how you know difficult and how bleak uh, the future looks. You 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 have to um, continue doing what you're doing. Mm. Um, if you are focused and if you know what you want to do. Um, go for it, knock on doors and when you knock on doors um, those doors will be open mm-hmm. you just need to try and try harder uh, if you fold your arms and you think that things will come to you, it's not going to happen, going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patrick is in Cape Town Patrick, welcome to the talk show Good evening and yes, good evening Director General, uh, I just want to ask to revisit the incident which took at Paul Print uh, about six years ago mm-hmm. uh, where the uh, Apparently, what the initial charges was against the company was in line with uh, Section 8 of the Act that says that the employer failed as far as it is practicable to provide and maintain a working environment that is safe. Uh, one one of the things that was raised uh, during the investigation, if my memory serves me correct, was that the extra doors uh, used for an emergency during a fire, that that was, in fact, it was actually braced together on the outside, welded together on the outside. And my question, therefore, is that does that not constitute uh, creating an unsafe environment whereby the workers in an emergency could not escape? Mm. It, it, it does. And, and certainly um, one of the things that we looked at is, is exactly what you, you've, you've described, Patrick. Um, there, you, you know that we did an investigation. We did a Section, 16, uh, section um, 32 in, in inquiry there. And we we then uh, you know on completion of the the inquiry we then took the the report to the office of the the national public prosecutor for them to make a decision whether to prosecute uh, or not. What they've decided to do they've decided to um, to to open an inquest. So they they are still busy with that, and once they they they've completed the process, they will then let us know. Mm. So so there have been a series of. Um, as far as we're concerned, uh, I mean, areas that we think, um, you know, uh, pulp print together with any companies can, um, you know, can learn from the from from the pulp print uh, uh, experience. Um, you know, the matter is still, you know, uh, you know, sub decay. I wouldn't like to say things that would, uh, you know, uh, in a way prejudice uh, pulp print um, and and therefore get myself into trouble. But I can I can agree with you that um, given what we what we saw there, um, yes, um, th- there's a room for a number of companies to uh, make sure that they don't do um, uh, or they, they 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 don't create an environment um, which will allow a situation where you have such an incident that uh, took place at Palprint.
Yeah. Okay. I, I want to perhaps wrap this up. In the next five years for you, for you, DG, I mean, your plans to target non-compliance of labor laws by companies. You, you touched on it a little bit later on, but you'll be, you, you'll be tightening things up. Oh yes. Um, there are three things that basically um, we, we're focusing on as a Department of Labor currently. One is to take um, our stakeholders on a on a on a journey. Mm. Um, this journey is a journey that says um, we we are in this together. Um, I'm sure you've listened to what the president has said during the State of the Nation address. Um, one of the nine key priorities that he spoke about mm. is the priority relating to managing workplace conflict. Mm. Um, it, for us to mm. be able to do this, we need both employers and organized labor to realize that they need one another. Mm. At a workplace, they must become partners. So the Department of Labor, together with the Commission for um, Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration, CCMA, um, is now... Uh, busy uh, rolling out you know workshop training uh, people and talking to people about um, these uh, labor law amendments mm. what they mean and uh, and how can you know uh, employers be helped to comply with the, this leg- labor legislation what we want to do we want to make sure that um, there is nothing in the labor market that um, is negative to such an extent that it um, you know, it prevents investors from coming to this country. Mm. Uh, instability in the labor market does that. So we we can only, you know, stabilize the labor market when we work together, as a as a as a uh, you know, uh, with our stakeholders, Department of Labor, government in general, um, organized labor, business, and communities. Mm. Um, you know, what happens at Netleg is actually what should be happening at the workplace. It, at Netleg, it happens in, um, on a much uh, bigger scale. At a workplace, is uh, you know, you, there's something called bipartisan mm-hmm. um, that the where workers and employers sit together and resolve the, the their challenges at a workplace, um, so that these things don't end up, you know, um, becoming uh, you know strikes that are prolonged mm. um, you know and I, I can I can tell you now that uh, nobody wins um, when there are prolonged strikes mm. um, it's very difficult for workers to um, you know to make up you know for the lost the the lost income yeah. and also it's very difficult for businesses to do that and you would want to create an environment where um, everybody works um, you know, works together. Mm-hmm. I, ju- I just want to look at an SMS that's coming from Andy Levitt. says, many people at my work are up in arms because of certain new recruitments uh, being appointed by affirmative action policies, which they think are not justifiable. They claim that they have proof that these individuals are not ethnically black, despite the fact that they speak the language and have a d- deliberately adopted a black name. They're demanding that DNA genetic tests be done to prove that they are actually colored. Does this now prove that uh, affirmative action policies in South African context are obscure? Are we moving towards compulsory DNA genetics testing? That's from Andy Lee. No, that's very upset um, because the, the, the affirmative action is meant um, to affirm you know, your, what we refer to as previously disadvantaged uh, mm. people. Um, and, and those are defined in the legislation. Mm. Your, um, the, the term black in the legislation is a generic term 
which includes both uh, which includes colors indians mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 black africans mm-hmm. so I don't know where this uh, this comes from that you need to um, undergo uh, DNA, DNA test, genetic testing. Um, it, it, it's just upset. Yeah, that's yeah. concerning. It is. That's yeah. really concerning. But I, I think we'll leave it there. Again, congratulations on the new post. And I look forward to speaking to you again. I know that we're going to be having a lot more conversations over the next two years. Thank you very much for having me. All right, you've brought your daughter as well, so you're so you're a family man. Yes. How do you how do you, how do you juggle everything? <laughs> Come and say hello to everybody on air. She's she's very shy and she's playing camera lady. Say hi to everybody. Hello, <laughs> quickly, quickly. <laughs> she's shying away. She's shy. Okay. She's shy. All right, uh, we're not getting her. Thank you so much. All right, thank you so much. Thank it's for been such me. a pleasure chatting to you. Uh, newly appointed Director General of the Department of Labour, Tobile Lamati. Such a pleasure chatting to you. We run the talk shop on SAFM.